Let's go ahead and go live, right? I, I was getting through my last song to really get my mind right. And I was scrolling through social media and I just kept seeing people posting the fact that they voted. That's not a flex. Voting is not a flex. It is one of the most basic parts of your civic responsibility to your country uh, to go out and vote. It, it, like, I mean, just think about it. Hey, I went and cast my ballot to make sure that my state, my country is being governed the way that I see fit. Praise me. No, I should I, I, I should shit on you if you don't. Oh, sorry. That's too early, too early, too early, too early, too early, too early, too early. Oh. I'm sorry. But no, you don't get praise for voting. That's like the bare minimum thing you can do as a member of a democratic society. Going to the ballot and casting a vote. Now, if we want to get into the more nuanced, uh, the more nuanced things that you can do, the different steps that you can take to actually have an effect on your city, your town, your state, your 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 county, your country. I can do a whole podcast on it, but it won't be happening anytime soon because this is my next to last episode uh, before I go away and come back. A whole new person. We're putting the baby to bed soon. Ooh, we. Oh, my God. We're putting the baby to bed in a week. But now, nah, see, you got to understand that you going to vote and you want me to give you a pat on your back for for going to vote. That's like me giving somebody a pat on the back for for for, for going to work. No, you get paid for going to work. I'm not going to commend you for having a job. Because you got to support your lifestyle, right? So you go to work so that you can have the, the funds to, to, to put a roof over your head, to put food in your stomach, right? To, to pay for a car that you're going to drive around and pay for gas and all of that stuff, right? That's the same thing that voting is, right? Voting is making sure that the people that you trust to represent your interests best get the opportunity to re- represent your best interests. Why, why would I praise you for that? I mean, like, that's such a low bar for your civic responsibility. But I guess because we don't teach civics, I guess because a lot of people don't vote and taking the next step of of, of civic engagement isn't there uh, for a lot of people, especially younger individuals. We just accept what's given to us and we think none of it matters because we're Gen Z and it's like, I can do whatever I want. The rules don't matter. Why would I vote anyways? It doesn't matter. They're going to do what they want because they're corrupt. I mean, even... Don't get me going down that rabbit hole. But point being is, you don't get credit for doing what you're expected to do. Like, I don't get credit for taking the trash out. I don't get credit for being able to cook. I'm 31... Excuse me, not 31. I'm 30 years old. Like, I'm supposed to be able to cook. If I can't cook, then what the hell am I doing as an adult, right? I don't get credit for going to work. I don't get credit for taking my car to get the oil change because that's, those are all necessities in order to to make my life easier. Same thing with voting, man. You don't get no cool points around here for voting. I expect you to go vote. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby. And I'm back. We- 
Boy, it's hot in here. I need to turn the air on, but uh, I'm locked in here and I'm back. Hold up, you baby. Hold up, you baby. That's what you call dead air. Anyways, let's let's get this part going, right? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, this, this that piece just came out of nowhere. It, it really came from me scrolling because I had like a whole piece that I was going to introduce the podcast with. And I changed my mind right before I pressed the R and record or the G and go live. And what I actually want to start with is this interesting, this interesting post that I came across um, earlier this week, right? Or maybe over the weekend, four days ago. St- studying here. Hold on. I'll get to shut up and dribble off of here. That's for later. Studying history will sometimes disturb you. Studying history will sometimes upset you. Studying history will sometimes make you furious. If studying history always makes you feel proud and happy, you probably aren't studying history. And before anybody has a response to what I'm saying and what you think I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you, think about your life history. Study the history of your life. If you would go through the history of your life, the good decisions, the bad decisions, the stupid decisions, the dumb decisions, the smart decisions, the great decisions, uh, the decisions that you forgot about, the decisions that you soup, that you remember. What range of emotions would you go through when you think about the decisions that you've made about yourself? like some may bother you some may anger you some may make you proud some may make you sad but there's never just a you know what that's great my history's perfect i've done nothing wrong everything i've done is right and i can happily live with every single decision that i've made without any regrets any remorse any thoughts of doing it ever again now if you think that way you're a narcissist i know a few But the point being is, if you look at your own personal history, and with your own personal history, you go through a wide array of emotions, why would that same feeling not apply to the history of your country, the history of your world, the history of your family, the history of your town, history in general? Why are we selling this idea that history is supposed to always be this comfortable uh, story that we tell, this comfortable fairy tale about the good old days, right? That's not necessarily the case. Uh, history hurts. I mean, you might go through your call history, and it may hurt you a little bit. <laughs> you know, you may go through your dating history, and, and that hurts you a little bit. You may go through your family history and you look at those relationships and you look at some interaction with those people and that may hurt you a little bit. So if all of those things that are personal to us can hurt us, can make us think like, oh, wow, I did that terribly. Oh, wow, that's cringy. Oh, I wish we could do this better. Why can't we look back on the history of our country, the history of our culture, the history of our people and not feel the same thing? Why do we always have to remember the past as this beautiful thing that was done perfect? When we all live imperfect lives. Now, if you want to show me a perfect person and his name's not Jesus Christ, I'll show you a liar. 
And if you want to show me a perfect history, a perfect culture, a perfect race, a perfect group of people who haven't done one thing wrong ever, I'm waiting. And I'm pretty sure I'll die before you show it to me. I'm not pretty sure. I'm confident. I'll bet you, you name it, I bet you a year of paychecks. You can't show that to me. Why? Because it doesn't exist. And that's okay because we're imperfect people. And sometimes you need that history to hurt so that you can help the future. See, you need the hurt so that you can find the help. Because when things don't hurt you, you don't look for help. You just accept it that, that it's right, that it's normal, right? You accept it because the feelings that you are receiving from that are positive. Good vibes, good feelings. Yeah, we're doing it right. But the second you get hurt, you feel some pain, you go looking for some help. And then when you find that help, oh my God, you get whole. You get whole. When you get hurt, you get help, then you get whole. Boy, I did that off the brain. <laughs> Top of the head. But the, the thing being is that we have to look at history and we have to feel the hurt from our history so that we can get help and then so that we can transfer that learning, that understanding, and we can make our generation whole so that we set it up for our next generation. So maybe that their history hurts them a little less. And our history helps them a little bit more. And they are a little bit more whole when they start their history. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby and I'm back. Tell you what, it feels good to put some stuff together like that, like off the brain. Help, uh, hurt, help, whole. I should have been a rapper. Bob been freestyle king. I'd out rap your favorite rapper. I already out talk your favorite talker. <laughs> you know, a few years ago, around about four years ago, I think, uh, Laura Ingram from Fox News had a line that went viral. She had a rant that went viral. And that line, that rant, ended with just shut up and dribble. And believe it or not, Laura Ingram had a point. And look at me not putting my putting my stuff together right, right? You know what I mean? Like I gotta I gotta be better at this, right? But I think Laura had a point. She says, shut up and dribble. <laughs> but I think it came from the wrong place, right? I think she came from the idea that you're an athlete. You, you get paid more money than I could ever think about getting paid to dribble a ball. When at the end of the day, she's getting paid to entertain people. You're getting paid to entertain people. But your, your, your brand, your form of entertainment, it's way more profitable than hers. So conversation for another day, right? Just like uh, uh, for so long, our society has demonized people from being physical specimens who who thrive off of their 
off their physical talents because they're not using their 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 mental talents or their lack thereof to to be a productive member of society. It doesn't really matter. Whatever works best for you is what you should use. And if you're good at that, you be good at that. But shut up and dribble. Laura told y'all to shut up and dribble. She told y'all that for the right reasons, but I'm starting to think that she had a point. I'm starting to think that if you want to keep your money, you want to keep your great relationships, you want to keep the great uh, 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 PR, you might want to shut up and dribble. If you want to get that next contract, if you want to get that endorsement deal with that company, if you want to put those shoes out, you might need to shut up and dribble. If you want to be unbothered, if you want to speak the points, if you want to spread the message uh, that you're allowed to spread, if you want to be a sheep, then you might need to just shut up and dribble. If you're not going to read, if you're not going to understand what you speak on, if you're not going to take a stance on something you actually believe in, if you're not going to shake the room, if you're not going to ruffle feathers, I think that you should shut up and dribble. If you're going to misrepresent communities communities and people that you that you say that you stand for and belief that you say you stand for, then you might need to shut up and dribble. I'm not saying you're not more than an athlete because you are. Because for starters, you're a human being. Secondly, you may be a husband, you may be a father, you're, you're, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're a wife, uh, you're a mother, you're a sister, you're a brother. You could be a philanthropist. You could be a, I don't know, a scholar, what type of scholar? That remains to be seen, but you could be a scholar, you could be a fashionista, you could be a barista, you could be a, uh, a, 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 a foodie, you could be an influencer. But if you don't know what you're talking about, if you're not well read on what you're talking about, and if you're repeating the talking points that are given to you, by somebody that you're paying, that you might need to shut up and dribble. I'm not saying that we all should not talk because y'all know I support freedom of speech and I support freedom of consequences. But just because I support your right to speak does not mean that I want to hear your voice. And I especially don't want to hear your voice when you're speaking on topics that you may not be well-versed in or you're speaking, you're highlighting speaking points that are given to you in order to push somebody else's agenda. You know, so you think about it, right? We talk about the black agenda all the time. I mean, I've heard so much talk about the black agenda. I want to ask you what the hell is the black agenda because for so long, like I, I, I see Jason Whitlock getting beat up on, on Twitter by black Twitter, right? Then all of a sudden I see D.L. Hughley post. He posts, this is the first thing that Jason Whitlock has ever said that's made sense. 
well, how much Jason Whitlock have you conf- can consume? Now, Jason Whitlock is a conservative black man, but Jason Whitlock came to the to the defense of Kyrie Irving after uh, the attempted castration of Kyrie Irving for posting a movie without any comments on how he felt about the movie um, on his Twitter. Now, mind you, this movie has been on Amazon. Amazon hosted. They get paid for it. And, you know, Kyrie watched it and he said, hey, I guess he was like, hey, people, y'all should watch this because I learned something from it. Now, what he learned, he never said. What he believed, he never said. But we'll get into that a little bit later, right? But you got Jason Whitlock defending Kyrie. Then you have D.L. Hughley uh, supporting Jason Whitlock defending Kyrie because they actually agreed on something, right? Then you got LeBron denouncing Kyrie. You got KD saying something like, yeah, we don't stand for that stuff. Uh, You got... Uh, these various TV personalities on all of these talking head shows denouncing Kyrie. And don't get me started on the Kyrie hate, the Kyrie pushback that's come right. Now, if Kyrie posting that video truly offended you, or posting that movie, sharing that movie truly offended you, I'd tell you that you need to toughen up. I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't be offended by it because if there are beliefs that there are, are, are thoughts that are being espoused in that that offend you, I that's that's you are fair to be offended. It's fair for you to be offended. Go be offended. But if what somebody tweets offends you and they don't direct it at you, they just share some information that goes against what you believe and that truly offends you and that like makes you feel bothered, that hot and bothered less than. I'm going to tell you. You need to gain a little bit resilient of resilience. Uh, there are worse things that can happen to you and may happen to you than somebody tweeting something that you disagree with, somebody tweeting something that goes against your people. I mean, there was an N-word like 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 avalanche on Twitter last week. They got way less of pub than what Kyrie did. Why? I don't know. I, I'm just a big baby. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So I said it to say this. You see the different responses from black media figures on the Kyrie Irving piece. You see the different responses within the black community in conversations on platforms and comments and in group texts, right? And I'm sure a lot of them happen in person. And if you see how much this conversation goes differently for different groups of black people in different situations, that should tell you that this idea of a black agenda is a farce. Because black people don't think alike. All black people don't have the same values. All black people don't have the same uh, financial, have the same finances. So they have different economic concerns. Like, there's no such thing as a black agenda. It's, It's not. And for us to allow this black agenda to be like, uh, uh, put over us this 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 small umbrella. It's like the mini umbrella that that you give to like a little kid, not like the the full umbrella that you wear when you got like a suit on and stuff where you can have like multiple people under that. Nah, it's like the mini umbrella that you can like throw in your pocket. That's what, that's what the black agenda is. It's just really small umbrella that's supposed to cover a a large group of a diverse group of people. And it ends up hitting stereotypes that support nobody. It's like, let's put a library in the hood. Okay. Who gonna go? How you gonna get the people there? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, it's there. We gave him the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, but you did nothing to incentivize the reading because ultimately you're trying to raise literacy rates, right? 
So how do you raise raise literacy rates? Maybe you should seek to uh, I don't know emphasize incentivize uh, black teachers to go teach in those neighborhoods because they can actually relate to those students and show them the importance of reading, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, because you think about it, like there's black leaders in our community, but who who picks our black leaders? I mean, so many of our black leaders are are athletes, are entertainers. You talk about shut up and dribble, but these are outliers in our community that many of us can relate to their to their foundation, right? Their beginnings, but can we really relate to who they are in life? No, I can't. I cannot relate to LeBron James. For one, I didn't grow up the way he grew up. I went bouncing around house to house and having coaches take care of me. I wasn't good enough for that. But I also had a stable enough home life to where I, I, I could, you know, my mom was able to take care of it. But I'm also not six foot eight, 260 pounds, and one of the fastest, highest jumping, uh, uh, most athletically intelligent people to ever, like, touch the face of this earth. I'm not that. So how am I supposed to relate to him? How does he speak for me? How does he speak for to, to somebody who grew up lower middle class, who is now middle class, college educated and trying to figure out life post-pandemic? You know what I mean? Like our, our needs are so different, but yet our leaders are people who have, who are successful but they're not necessarily successful for for traits, not successful in ways that a layman can relate to. And I think that we as black people have to stop looking at our famous people to be our leaders because they're not leading us. And if they're leading us, where the hell are they leading us? Because I, I saw what LeBron said. I don't respect it. I don't respect anti-Semitism. Well, I don't respect anti-Semitism either. But is what Kyrie did anti-Semitism? Or was it him sharing what he thought to be true? Now, mind you, what he shared could cross over into, into anti-Semitic beliefs, but does that make him an anti-Semite? His words tell you no. His actions have told you that he's a good human being. And some of his his words and actions have told you that maybe he's consumed some information that is not mainstream. It, it may just be all out false, right? But how many of us have consumed information and built and, and been put in a box because of the information that we've consumed and we accept it to be true? But that is not necessarily reflective of who we are. Like I listen to evangelicals talk about their stance, their interpretation of the Bible. And I disagree with those stances. And I think some of those stances are hate-filled stances. But I don't call those evangelicals anti this or this type of ist, right? I'm slow to use those words because I want to watch your actions and not your words. I talk about this a lot here about hate speech. And I'm like, since when did hate speech become more uh, 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 more damaging than hate 
and hateful actions. You know how many lies I've told in my life? You know how many times I say, boy, if I see him, boy, I slap the shit out of him and never slapped him. Boy, I wish I would, and they did, and I did nothing. I'm not saying that to say that I'm a punk, because for one, I'm going to call the police. Don't touch me, though, because touch me. Holding on to the problems, right? But the point being is that we say a lot of stuff that we're going to do. Oh, yeah, bro, dog, I wish you would come back to me, bro. I'm done with her. Y'all back together tomorrow. Boy, just give me one chance, little boy. When I see her, boy, she mine. Man, you see her, you go limp, you, you start turning the mush mouth. You can't even get words out, boy. Sound like Justin Wilmers. I didn't have to say that. I ain't going to take it back, but I didn't have to say that. But the point being is a lot of times we say what we can't, what we will do. We get behind a, a keyboard and we... But you're the baddest uh, man in the land behind the keyboard. And then you walk out the house, and you look like a cotton field. I don't feel like a cotton field, because you got to pull that cotton, and it can stick you. Boy, you, you build the cotton. You just a bag of cotton balls. I mean, you VJ Canty. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> oh, man. But. The black agenda is not, there's just no such thing as a black agenda because uh, there are different black people from different walks of life who all have different needs, who have different wants, have different desires. And Kyrie has what he wants and has what he needs. And then LeBron has what he wants and has what he needs. And obviously, uh, they don't cross paths, right? But let me get back to shut up and dribble. Because I think there's a big difference in disagreeing and denouncing, right? And I feel like there was this push to denounce Kyrie Irving. And some people did that. But I really liked what Jalen Brown had to say because I felt like he disagreed with Kyrie Irving, which is fine. But I don't think he denounced Kyrie Irving because, for one, they played together. They know each other. I'm sure he understands who Kyrie is. He, he understands his character. And may understand that Kyrie believes some things, but that doesn't mean that because he takes on this, this, this religious belief that he's someone who hates other people like those in his religion do, right? I know some anti-Muslim Christians. You know what I mean? I know some Christians who are, is Christ or die? And I go... Serve the God that makes you happy and hope that you're right. I mean, one of my best friends through like elementary and high school is Hindu. We don't talk religion. Never have. I ain't say never will, but it's not on the top of it's not on like the top of our conversation discussions, right? There's some just more important things to like say, hey, I know how y'all, you know, you think this and that, but I need you to talk to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But here's what Jalen Brown said, and I really like this because he disagreed with Kyrie and he didn't denounce him. I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic. I don't think people in our governing bodies think he's anti-Semitic. He made a mistake. We understand from an outside perspective how important sensitivity is to not condone hate speech and not to condone anything of that nature. We don't want to stand up for somebody in order 
to not condemn hate speech, but I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic, and hopefully the NBA feels the same way. So pretty much what he said was, I don't even think he was thinking about y'all the way y'all thought he was thinking about y'all. He was just standing up for his beliefs and what and and his way of life, just like I think other people are. And sometimes there is a a a mixing of those that does not necessarily vibe or mesh with one another. And it could probably be called hate speech, but it's not hate speech in the way that you think he's just like hating out here hating these people, wishing bad on these people, right? I don't think that to be true. Now, Josiah, Josiah, the guys, they, you know, they, I mean, they try to burn Kyrie at the stake. They, I mean, they trying to make an example of him. Right. I mean, it goes back to shut up and dribble because he had six items that he had to that he has to uh, 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 accomplish, right? Complete before he can return to the team. He has to apologize and condemn the movie. $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes. Sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training. Meet with the Anti-Defamation League, Jewish leaders, and meet with Joe Side to demonstrate understanding. We'll see how long that lasts when the Nets keep losing games without him. Conversation for another day, but you know, Doctor Umar came out and gave uh, a lot of y'all, 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 y'all black folks on TV lashes, many, many, many lashes for for y'all's y'all's poor treatment of Kyrie Irving in his eyes. Right? Let's see if I can find Doctor Umar. Here go Doctor Umar. I'm gonna play this for y'all. This is Doctor Umar's words, not mine. These are Doctor Umar's words, not mine. Richard Jefferson, I sentence you to 500 lashes for conduct unbecoming a black man. Stephen A. Smith, I sentence you to 4,000 lashes for conduct unbecoming a black man. Chris Broussard, Rob Parker, I sentence you both to 2,500 lashes for conduct unbecoming a black man. Michael Wilbon, you fat, bald head, no neck midget. I sentence you to 3,000 lashes for conduct, unbecoming a black man. Snow Bunny Shannon Sharp, you're the biggest and strongest of everybody on the list. So I'm going to have to sentence you for 10,000 lashes for conduct, unbecoming a black man and saying that no black woman can make you happen. 10,000 lashes for Snow Bunny Shannon Sharp. Who else we got on? All right, so Dr. Umar did all that, and, I, and and to me that's a joke, but the point being is that you black men have taken a public stance to rain on a black man in his time of need. Whether you agree or disagree with Kyrie, you think he made a mistake, it, it, it felt like, you know, he's getting piled on. I mean, he got piled on because ESPN made it multiple topics, like, has Kyrie played his last game in the NBA? Man, hell no. Then you got the Le- you <laughs> Let me just play the LeBron piece, right? In a in a Jackie Robinson hat, right? You got a 42 hat on. Yeah, yeah I can tell you this. Uh, it's simple. Um, me personally, I don't condone any hate um, to any kind, to any race, um, to 
Jewish communities to black communities to Asian communities. Um, you guys know where I stand. And uh, it's part of the reason why I didn't air the shop episode, why we kicked that you know, out of the archives, because it was hate conversation going on there. Um, and I don't represent that. Um, you know, there's no place in this world. I'm, I'm turning LeBron off because he's going to take me to another rant that's going to get me off of this. Now here, here, now here goes Shannon Sharp responding, responding to the Kyrie Irving uh, conditions of return. I'm, I, I know he heard Dr. Umar. I'm not saying this inspired this, but I, I heard it, and I respect Shannon for coming out and talking about this uh, today. Wasn't enough that he apologized. Now they're trying to rob. I believe they're trying to rob the man of his dignity. They're trying to make him grovel to come and get his job back, and I don't agree with that. A man said he was sorry. Hey. I was wrong. Yeah, I would have liked to see him. Hey, I shared a link to my page. Uh, it was brought to my attention that I offended a group of people. And for that, I would like to say I'm sincerely sorry. That was not my intention. In the hope of trying to enlighten and educate my people, I was disrespectful. I was disparaging to another group of people. Could have said that, Skip, and maybe this would have, it wouldn't have gotten to this point. They gave him this manifesto, Skip, of yeah, what I they want him to. I'm like, come on, y'all, 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 y'all going to, y'all, this, Skip, it's kind of like you build a relationship. And, and, and the other party said, well, okay, I need you to do this, this, this. I, I said I was sorry, but that's not enough. No, no, now I need to rob you of something to put you, to let you know, because, Skip, I need to, Right now, what Brooklyn's trying to do, they're trying to put him in front of all the world to see. You see what happens? If you do this, others, this is what could possibly happen to you. I don't agree with that, Skip. I think that's a bit, that, for me, that's a bit much. And I've been, you know, I've been very critical of Kyrie. But I think what Brooklyn is doing now, that's a bit much. It wasn't enough. And see, the, here, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is why I love what Shannon did, right? Because Shannon can criticize what Kyrie did, which is fine. People can criticize that, right? Then he can come back and criticize the Nets for what they're trying to do. Like, hey, 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 hey. Now y'all trying to, what y'all trying to do, man? He, this a grown man with kids. Y'all not respect that? Nah, y'all don't. Y'all don't. Y'all don't. We don't even, you know. Kyrie, shut up and dribble. But the point being is that we, we will pick and choose of what outrages us and what we have to apologize for. Uh, because part of what Kyrie's original apology was and that he put on his Instagram, where well, I saw it on Instagram, was that he said, I failed to show which parts of the movie that I agreed with and the parts that I didn't agree with, right? And I hear that and I go, wow, man, this is crazy. Because I see athletes post artist album all the time. They post those albums and no matter what hate could be in that album, smoking on dead ops, uh, uh, threats, uh, disrespecting women, no no athletes ever had to come out and say, hey, I like tracks four, five, and seven on the Drake album. I didn't like tracks one, two, and nine because they were disrespectful to women and, and I got a daughter and a wife at home. They've never had to do that. No one's ever posted Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction said that's an American classic or Django and said, I love this movie, and, and then turn around and say, well, I did not like the use of the N-word by, uh, uh, well, in Django, I like the use of the N-word by uh, white people. Or, or, or it wasn't uh, enough that he apologized. Oh, sorry. Now or they're Pulp trying. Fiction, I, I didn't like the fact that there's a white director who wrote this movie who, who, who was putting the N-word into these scripts. We, we never had that, right? 
No one's ever had to apologize for the actions of others just because they enjoyed the product or they consumed the product or they promoted the product. Because we used to live in a society full of nuance. You used to say, hey, okay, uh, I assume he doesn't like this because this is cringy. Oh, this kind of makes sense. I can follow that. That's what we used to live in. But now we don't because so now you got to shut up and dribble because if you start talking, you start posting, you start tweeting, they don't give you a chance. They don't give you a chance, right? They don't give you a chance to, 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 to. Just say, hey, I, I watch this. There's no assumption that you, like, like, since when do you agree with everything that you watch, everything that you see, everything you talk about? I'm sitting right now. I got my mom in one room to my left. I got my wife in another room to, the, to my right. Two of the closest people to me in my life. I don't agree with everything that they do. I don't agree with everything that they say. But they're still my mom and my wife. They're still my wife and my mom. You understand what I'm saying? Like, them, them, I, I still have no problem standing on my relationship with these two people and what they stand for and what they believe in. Despite the fact that I can disagree with things that they say, and I don't have to explain to anybody what I disagree with and what I don't stand for. And there are things that both of them stand for that I am totally against. And how come Kyrie can't do that? I mean, that's why Migo said, uh, R.I.P. to takeoff. Rather be rich than famous. I'd rather be rich than famous. I, I get it. Because I promise you. Bron, man, Bron dressed up at Offset. Uh, uh, in his dedication to Offset when he did that line about how when he was listening to Migos. They ain't tell Bron to come out there and, and uh, explain why, explain which... Uh, off, uh, not offset, takeoff. Sorry, he's dressed up as takeoff. They ain't got LeBron explaining which takeoff lyrics he uh, uh, stand with. Pirate Hodges. Um, you know, but the problem is, you know, the problem here is, 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 we don't stand for nothing. Black people, we don't stand for nothing. We're gonna get mad about this if we still gonna watch the NBA. We still gonna watch the Nets. It's not gonna matter. And just the same way where we going we gonna talk about end gun violence and we gonna still we gonna still we gonna still gonna listen to rap music and we cause we love that 21 when 21 can talk about that murder. 21, can you do something for me? You know, 21 he'd be like, pussy. Like, but 21 make murder sound so fun and cool, don't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He make murder sound amazing. He make murder seem like it's a it's, it's a top it's a hobby you should pick up which you shouldn't it's terrible you should not take life but that's what twenty one does twenty one can you do something for me yeah you can stop making murder sound so cool but we love it we love oh yeah we love it and we love to say stop snitching oh no we can't oh no we can't fold we can't tell uh uh-uh. uh but then we want to say uh R I P to take off uh uh end gun violence well. You're saying you want to end some stuff. You're saying you want to stop some stuff. You say you want to see some change, but you won't take a stance. So if you're not going to take a stance against something, if you're not going to stand up for what you truly believe in, I don't want to hear it. I don't. 
Just tell me that you are internet outraged. You're going to be outraged for a week and then you're going to get on with your life. And if that's the case, that's fine, you know, because I look here. Let me tell y'all something. I'm tired of Drake setting trends. Now, I think he puts out good music. Yeah, but that boy can rap. Well, I- no, okay, shut up now, Shannon. Let me get back to... to My videos oh, now God. sound... God almighty. Let's they see. better... This is what happens when you turn the, the sound on for one post, then you turn it off. Let me get to my, my Drake post. Because I saw this post, boy, and it was an angry woman. Because I'm a savage. Smacker booty at magic. 21. Here we go. Drake is the worst fake-ass nice guy type who has spent his life being corny because he never chooses a persona. Instead, shapeshifts into whatever room he's in. And because he looks like a human care bear, people forget he's a raving asshole who often does wild shit. All right, boy, this is let, let, let's let's be nuanced with this one, right? I think Drake is a fake nice guy who who is kind of corny and he's found his lane of being cool and he's cool at like the Best thing you could be cool at uh, um, as a black guy, right? A nice looking rapper. I, I, I mean, because when I listen to a lot of his introspective music, I go, this dude's not happy at all. He's dealing with a lot of demons that he needs to get over. And if that's what he's into, you know, you know, Drake, have at it. I, I'm not going to stop you from I'm not going to stop you from being great because it's, it's not my job at all. But I can say that, hey, this is not this is not a behavior that I identify with. But at the same time, I will say that I'm going to come back to it. Here we go. Because he, he never chooses a persona. All right. Instead, instead shape shifting to whatever room he's in. I think there's value in shape shifting. Um, not like my good friend VJ. Uh, yeah, you getting shots today. Candy. Glad you don't listen because you ain't going to hear it. But nonetheless, like, there's value in shape-shifting. It's value in learning how to adjust to the room that you're in. I think this idea that you're supposed to be the same person here, there, and everywhere and act the same way is stupid. I think the mindset of those who aren't successful, those who who don't really, those who haven't had to do it, I mean, even the best, the best have to shape shift to some degree. I'm not saying that you just bend over backwards and you, you open up and say, here, take it. No, but at the same time, it's knowing your audience. It's knowing how to appeal to those people. It's knowing how to gain trust with those people. It's knowing how to get what you want done with those people to achieve your goals. Right. So. The post goes on to say, the caption is, first, I want to these men to leave Meg the stagnant alone. Black women get shot. I don't want to listen to Leprechaun, Credit Faith, because then you go into bashing somebody to get your point across, which means you have a slant. And this, because we don't know who shot her, and you know, due process. That's that's, the shit I'm talking about, right? This made me really think about, right, you're calling Drake corny because he does this and that. And it goes to, like, the person who gets cool after college. Excuse me, cool after high school. Or maybe even cool after college, right? The person who was a lame, who was corny, and then they get older in life, they become cool. And a lot of people look at them and go, 
Bro, you were laying back in the day, bro. When you thank you, bro, you got a little bit of money. You got some muscle, boy. You got you a nice little car. Oh, you go, hold on. So, all the stuff that you wanted that made you cool is 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 what they're doing, and you have an issue with it. Holy shit, you're a you boy. You are a you are a hypocrite. Because I, I tell you what, man, I, I hope I didn't hit my peak in high school. I hope I didn't hit my peak in college. I hope I didn't hit my peak in my mid-20s. Hell, I'm 30. I hope I haven't hit my peak now. I hope I peak at like 55, 60. Right? And I hope that 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 downturn is the difference from Mount Everest to Kilimanjaro. <laughs> but we still high. <laughs> Up we on our way down. We going from meth to coke, baby. We still high. <laughs> I don't want to be low. I've been low before. Don't want to go back. So I want to get so high that my come down is yo high. And my come down from yo high is her high. And my come down from her high is above average, right? That that that's what I'm looking at, right? And I think that Drake embodies that. Maybe Drake wasn't the coolest guy growing up. Maybe Drake wasn't the most confident guy growing up. Maybe he's not the most confident guy now. But guess what? He's living life the way he wants to live, and you're jealous. You hating? We said the trends. South amigos. RP takeoff. But this idea that we want to view people in a box of who they were, not who they are, is just, it speaks to your insecurities. Like, I love to see a Facebook post. Boy, back in high school, so-and-so was this. Boy, you was that. But now, you know, high school is ends when you're 18 for most of us, hopefully. If you judge me off who I was at 18 and think that's supposed to be like who I am today at 30, uh, you're stupid. You're stupid. You're one of those people who like when you like put, you. You're one of those people who don't need social media <laughs> because your, your your stance is is off. But back to Drake. Drake doesn't set my trends. But Drake don't set my trends. He'll never set my trends, and not because this is anti-Drake. It's just that why why do us us, us laymen? us average Americans allow people who live a life that is totally different from ours. They don't punch a clock. Uh, they have a lot more money than we do. They make money to do the things that we spend money to do. Uh, tell us what we can and can't do. Uh, you know, listening to responses to the Drake album, him taking a shot at Serena's, uh, Serena's husband is, is trash. That's weak because that's, I mean, he used to date Serena. Calling him a groupie. It's not like you a groupie, bro. That's corny. But that's just corny. Like, leave that married woman and her family alone. It goes back to Drake being corny. Because I do, I, I do think Drake's corny, by the way. I just think that, like, he's also, like, cool, if that makes sense. I think he's the cornball who became cool. So, like, he just got some corny tendencies to him. Um, you calling out somebody. Bro, husbands and wives are off limits, bro. Then you got, you got the... Um, the whole you took her to Hibachi for her birthday. You I hadn't done that since. Yeah, bro, you rich as hell. I hope you your rich your rich self ain't doing the same stuff that I'm doing. I'm on a nice budget. 
nice budget. I mean, I'm on a nice, you know, nice salary. Yeah, I get I get paid well. You get paid much much more well than I do. You could make my salary in, in a night easy. Why would we be doing the same things? And why would I compare myself to you? Why would like you 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 saying I ain't supposed to take I ain't supposed to do the party bus? Why would I not do the party bus if I want a bunch of people together drinking, having fun, and, and having a party? Why would we not do that? That is insane, right? Like why like why is Drake the standard? Drake doesn't set my trend. LeBron doesn't set my trend. Kendrick Lamar doesn't set my trend. There's not a celebrity that sets my trend because they're not in my pay bracket. We're in different pay brackets. We live different lives. Well, they have different access to people. They have different, you know, options. They have different desires. Why would we let these people set our trends? You should set your trends based on the life that you live and based on what you want and what you can do. No one should set the trend for you. If you want to go to the section pop bottles, then do it. But if you want to be in general population and going to the bar and waiting in line for 30 minutes and buying two beers at a time, you do that too. Because maybe that supports your lifestyle. Maybe that's what you can do. And maybe that's just what you enjoy. If you want to take your girl to Hibachi for her birthday, man, and you go take her to Benny Hanna's. Or even better, take her to the local Hibachi spot that ain't that ain't a chain. And you get the surfing turf. <laughs> but don't let Drake tell you what you can and can't do. If, if you want Drake to tell you what you can and can't do, you tell Drake to pay the pay the tab. If he pay the bill, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If he pay for it, he sent him under you, not to her. He sent him under you. Yeah. You listen to Drake. But until then, Drake, kiss my ass. Information overload. Information overload. Let's see, call me in. Hold on. Paul A. Pete wants to talk. Oh, let me call him real quick. Tells me to call him and he doesn't answer the phone. N words. Tell you what, boy. All right, he'll call back in a minute. What the? Oh, no. Oh, oh, man. Herschel Walker's winning Georgia. Herschel Walker's winning Georgia. Lord have mercy. Let me see. Let me see. What am I looking for? What am I looking for? What am I looking for? Uh, Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. Um, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Dude, I'm 29. I'm more confused than I ever have been. We live in a time where you have access to so much information, but the problem is there's so much information that you can find any information that backs up whatever you believe or whatever your claim is, so you're always right, but you don't know if you're actually right. Just think of anything. You can prove it if you want. Like, I'm in the line to get a coffee. I, I can bet you I can find that coffee causes blindness. I'll Google it right now. Coffee causes blindness. Watch. Oh, looky here. More than three cups a day can contribute to glaucoma. Now watch. I'll look up if coffee can contribute to better eyesight. 
Oh, look, it can prevent against deteriorating eyesight and possible blindness. I mean, which is it, dude? Experts are like, oh, I don't know why anxiety is at an all-time high. Hey, maybe because I can't even sit down and enjoy a cup of joe without wondering if I'm going to go blind or not. Who turned out the lights? Ignorance is bliss. And I used to push back on this idea that ignorance is bliss because I'm like, nah, you need information, you need information. But how much easier was it to watch cable TV when that was your only option, right? Growing up, you had cable TV and movies. Then eventually, you know, it worked its way up. You got, like, shows that you can get, that you can watch, you know what I mean? Uh, a series, or you get some on-demand, or you got the movie channels. You got, you know what I'm saying? You got HBO stars, Cinemax, movie. Then you get streaming. and Okay, you got Netflix. Then you got Hulu. Then you got uh, Amazon Prime. Then you got YouTube TV. Then you got HBO Max, Disney Plus. You name it! Paramount Plus. All of that. Peacock. All of that, right? Well, I struggle to find something to watch on TV every day. If I'm not watching live sports, I don't know what the hell to watch. And, and, and you just be sitting there like, what, what, what am I going to watch? What am I going to watch? What am I going to watch? Why? Because you have so many options, you have so much information, you don't know what is the best option. And that's why sometimes ignorance is bliss. That's why we have, that's why filters are oftentimes better than pumps when it comes to information. Good filters are better than good pumps when it comes to information, right? You know, bad pump, yeah. Good pump, yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. That's good stuff. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. The guys from work are all out together without us. Tears. But anyways, information overload. And I think that coffee piece and the blindness was so like uh, profound because you can find research that supports whatever you believe. And two people can be arguing against one another with solid research, credible research that makes both of them right. And then they walk away presenting their facts. And neither person is swayed because both people brought information that is supposed to be valid and they both still disagree. So what does that tell us? That tells us that we have a shitload of information that's not giving a shit. It's actually giving us shit. Because it's a shitload. So yeah, I mean, a shitload means it's a load of shit, right? So with all this information, we have nothing. And we have information overload. And until we take the time to to figure out what's good, what's bad, and then cross those against one another and start to find like answers. Because if there is a yes or no, then we need like an, a yes or no answer. Uh, we need to go with that. But if we if we don't have the yes or no, we need to leave it like open. Because if I can look up one side of the argument and it's proven right. And you look up another side of the argument and it's proven right. Well, how the hell do you expect us to trust anything? Because <laughs> we're getting different answers for the same question and both are supposed to be the right answer. Information overload. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby. We born a big baby. Bro, I'm really hoping Parlay Pete calls me back because, like, I, 
I'm curious what he has on his mind right now and what it is that he wants to tell me because, I mean, he's hot and bothered. I mean, he's bothered and hot. And, and you know, rarely does he call me during the week unless we're, like, show prepping. And then when I say, hey, I'm, like, show prep. I'm, like, doing a show right now. And the response is, like, nah, like, let me in. Uh, let me, I'm, I got to call back. I got to call back. I just, it's, it's only right. I mean, we're about to get into social media Snapchat anyways. Tell you what, boy. All right, let's see. We're going to talk about this young lady from the University of Kansas. Uh, University of Kansas. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Iris Hodges. We've got action. One second, Paul AP. Paul AP, what's up, man? What's going on, brother? How are we doing? Ah, oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm just sitting on here just potting. And, like, you know, I saw you call and I just checked your text message. And I go, oh, you want to hop on here? What's up, man? Yeah, I can hop on for, for a little second. What is this? This election Tuesday, right? Yeah, it's is election. That what they call it? Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about, like, much uh, election stuff here. But you said you got some stuff you want to say. And I want to hear it. Well, well, I don't know what you're particularly are potting about right now. I'm not potting about anything right now. Like, I'm in. A, I'm. I'm in like. I'm. I am in a, a. I just got done talking about information overload. How we have so much information that we have like no information, and we're getting. Is this? Is this? Is, it wouldn't be writer's block. Is this pod block? No, no, no. I was transitioning. Like I, I called you during a transition. Okay. Well, nonetheless. Uh, no, I was saying I had a lot to get off my chest, or I, that I had I had shit to talk about, rather, because um, there is a lot of shit to talk about. Yeah, like um, Herschel being your next senator. Herschel, I I don't think that he's gonna. I think it's gonna be a runoff. That's what yeah, I think is gonna happen. I think and then runoff. from there, you know, we'll figure it out. But they'll cook the books. Um, I just left from a sushi bar, and so. Uh, you might be able to tell that I did. Uh, there was plenty of sushi that guy ate, but um, based on, because we were kind of watching it there, funny enough, uh, Bobby Valentino was sitting right next to me. Um, and like I said, you know, who goes too? He does, but I go to the sushi bar every Tuesday and he was already there, but I didn't see him at the gym. I but we actually that. had a pretty relative conversation, I guess. I hope y'all were, uh, uh, we, we, I hope y'all were on the chase we, together. Ah, <laughs> you know what's funny here? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'll get into that after I speak about what we spoke about. We actually had a pretty good conversation. Okay. At first, he didn't remember who I was, but of course, with the election going on, I was speaking. My, I'm a regular there on Tuesdays, and uh, the bartenders know me. I mean, they know who he is too, because apparently he goes in there quite a bit. But. Right, 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 right. You know who Bobby V, Bobby V, y'all. You know that's that's really what it is. And then, um, but point being, we spoke about it. Actually, it's funny. We kind of spoke about the election, and it was great that I got to hear some insight from him, just because he's an entertainer. So it kind of goes into the whole Stacey Abrams thing. Like I said, we don't have to go too much into the election because it's it's election season. And look, I think we've all or, or it, no matter what state you're in, you're just you're tired of the the, the ads, you know. Um, 
we do want to see a Charmin commercial here and there, or, uh, <laughs> you know, somebody trying to sell me some cereals, like some tricks are for kids or something. I mean, that's, that's what I want to see. I'm tired of seeing that Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker was going to blow out his wife's brains. And then that, uh, Raphael Warnock, you know, ran over his wife's foot. Like I'm tired of seeing that. So we won't, we don't have to speak too much on it, but what I will say is that even from his perspective, he sounded more like somebody that thought on the wavelength that I did, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but uh, just more along the lines of bipartisanship. And, uh, and he could have been lying for all I know, right? But at the same time, uh, the idea of it is is that, you know, everybody's going to agree and disagree on pretty much any and everything. And I guess it comes down to, well, who do you agree with the most? Is that kind of not, and bro, we don't even not bro, even bro. speaking on the election, bro, just speaking here, on how here, politics here's, here's and liking people in general, how it goes. I won't even tell you who you agree on, who you agree with the most, right? It's who is giving or, you, or is there, or, or is there one thing that is a deal breaker for you? Right. You know so, what I mean? And, I, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll share, I'll share mine. I voted for Stacey Abrams. You know why I voted for Stacey Abrams? Because she says she's going to legalize sports gambling in Georgia. That is the only reason I voted for her. That that, that was that was a bit, and obviously, as everybody knows, with me with the Monica Carly Pete, of course, that's a big sticking point for me. I mean, I I enjoyed hearing her openly come out and like say, "Yep, that's a part of my my campaign." It's you know, it's it's it, that that's a part of the agenda for me. Like, I mean, I. It definitely, and like I said, I would like to consider myself as, and I am one of those people that falls under undecided voter because I don't identify with either party. Uh, I'd say that do I you identify as a, do you Democrat. identify do you identify as a man or a woman? Man. <laughs> okay, just man, sure. man, man. And I hadn't thought about the other or grew up feeling like I felt like I was the other. But just wanted to be sure um, that you because each his own. Some people. Didn't grow up feeling that way, and then they wanted to do the switch. And then some people claim that as soon as they were born, they felt like the other. So I can't judge those people because I'm not in their bodies. But uh, Stacey Abrams certainly is their candidate. I can say that much from that perspective, at least based on the way that she has her policy put together. So she, they would fall under the Stacey Abrams uh, ballot. But what I will say is this it was uh, a good combo with that, brother. And um, I, I mean, I don't have a, I, I have no issues, of course, stating what it is that I, how I vote, but obviously I voted, as you guys know, in our group chat, of course, I voted for Brian Kemp, but more so because economy-wise, I mean, Brian Kemp fits a lot. He checks a lot of boxes for me, you're, and he already has small done business. a lot. You of are a small business owner. If you right. voted for Stacey Abrams, I would question you, given your situation as a professional. Like if you yeah, were, if you he, were punching a clock for somebody, necessarily. If you're punching, a, if you're punching a clock for somebody, and you could get off to all the other different things that she's doing, I go, okay, yeah, I got it. That makes sense. Like, if we're talking about well, taxes, state taxes, I mean, no one's losing sleep over what they're losing and the changes. Well, Right, but right. when you start and talking about like your taxes as a business owner and the different programs 
and the way money moves around in the state and the fact that what Kemp wants to get done, the Georgia General Assembly will actually well, and, pass. And then what he has done. I mean, and what he has Georgia, done. He kept us open during COVID. In a row, well, that, but then nine years in a row, what a lot of people don't realize about Brian Kemp is, is that Georgia has bought in the most business of any state over the last nine years running. Now, granted, of course, he wasn't the governor nine years ago, so it didn't start with him, but the fact that he's kept it up, and maybe maybe it's one of those things where... Well, it's really uh, liberal Tyler Perry who's bringing, who's bringing in the business the last couple of years. Uh, with- sure, 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 but the governor ultimately... I, I mean, Tyler look, Perry Atlanta's getting Kim. a piece of the pie, too. I but, uh, you know, they're not just shooting these movies in Atlanta. They're no. not just shooting them at Tom Perry Studios. They're shooting them everywhere in Georgia. So, I mean, they, they should have been Carterville. Um, and I'll tell, tell you who Carterville voted for. Exactly. You know who Carterville so, voted for, don't you? Uh, I'm sure that they're red, right? Yeah, hey, yeah, they voted for Brian Kemp. They're redder than their necks. Yeah, well, they're, they're a red portion of uh, the... I don't like calling it out, even outside of the metro Atlanta. I know it is outside of it, but like at the same time, the they're one of the closer suburbs of metro Atlanta. So yeah, I, to me, it is kind of it is still kind of Atlanta in reality. You know, it's I, like Henry County. Like they, they, these are the 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 places closest to Atlanta. These people go to Atlanta. You know what yeah. I mean? Like people that live in uh, Blackshear, Georgia, they don't come to Atlanta all. You know, no, no, no. When I unless, tell, when I tell the, people, unless the football, unless the the pee wee football team is going to be playing at halftime at the Falcons game, for the most part, they're not making a trip north. No, when I tell people down here in Albany that I I go to Atlanta damn near every other weekend, they go, "You make that drive?" I go, "Yeah." Well, and they know that, they know too. You also lived here, like you know, you some of went them do. College. Everybody doesn't know that. Like, they just go, "You just you, don't want to hang out here." You, I go, "You went to college in and and so." You're familiar in general with it. And then, man, what is going on in this Georgetown topic statement? We got an HBCU about to beat Georgetown. Is that what's really about to happen? But, um, no, no. <laughs> hey, hey, no, I'm just, hey, side I'm just note, live side looking. Note. Side note, I know you talked about coming down here this weekend. That invitation is still open and it's not awkward, okay? Okay. Well, that sounds good to me. You no, know, no, it's, um, it's, it's, still, it's still available. Um, okay. And we'll talk about this probably before the show Thursday. Because, um, hey, guys, I'm going to close out the show here. I'm not going to hit my social media Snapchat shot because I don't I don't want to talk much longer. But, um, hey, man, you know, I don't got to miss any more home games now. Yeah, and we needed your support. Uh, I mean, obviously, I understand, of course. Yeah. We needed your support. They uh, And I know we'll get to touch on this a lot on Thursday. Bro, but I- uh, which actually, you know what? But that was a part of the reason I actually called you. What's I up? think we, we're thinking about driving there Thursday. To be completely honest with you, I don't know what your availability is like tomorrow. Right. We can figure I'm, something I'm a, out. So, so but I'm that off. is something that we that we literally are talking about right now. I would know tomorrow afternoon. I'm sure. all, I'm off Friday and Saturday. I'm off Friday and Monday. So if you come, that's fine. You're right. Even if we had to do it Friday, but that is something that we've just considered doing. We, so um, I'm looking at this. We could scoot back enough, and I have to, I could set up the other mic, and we could just like two mic it in here. Mm-hmm. We could like we could two mic it in an office. So right. 
We can and, sit across from each other for like the first time since. Oh yeah. man, George. So check this out. I mean, are you still? We're still recording, correct? Yeah, yeah, you're still, we're still recording. Georgetown and Coppin State are going into overtime. Is Patrick Ewan still coaching Georgetown or he get fired? Pat Ewan is still coaching Georgetown, but I, I'm going to tell you this much. That brother don't make it out of this game. I mean, we're talking We're talking. these guys are like 25-and-a-half-point favorites. And I get it. College, you know, and that, we're going to have to touch on that, of course, on Thursday, March Madness. Uh, uh, or it's midnight madness to start the season, but – yeah, I, uh, Georgetown's not good. Like, you know, they're not good, and they haven't been for a minute. I used to grow, I grew up a big Georgetown fan, but, yeah, man, no, this is no business. I mean, Coppin State played yesterday against Charlotte in Charlotte, so clearly they, you know, drove from Charlotte to D.C., and, you know, they got blown out by Charlotte. Charlotte's not good either. Where's Coppin State at? Uh, in Maryland? Yeah, I think it is Maryland, actually. I was going to say Virginia, but Baltimore. I know it's in the DMV. Baltimore. Baltimore, okay. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. So they're ba- Baltimore, Baltimore. You got to put the D in there, Baltimore. Yeah, or, or you got to say it in, like, some funny-ass English accent. But, Baltimore. Uh, yeah, man, these brothers have no business being in this game. None whatsoever. How None. funny that Josh Holsey is, like, our political correspondent in the group text. Wait, say that again. How funny is Josh Holsey what? Is that he's our political correspondent in the group text. Well, you know what the funny thing about Josh is? He lives in California but votes in Florida. And yeah, so, I mean. And I get it, military. I, I get that aspect of it. But that's why I even asked that important question today. I said, so I was like, Josh, are you going to the polls or did you vote in early at another state? And then he said, I mailed in Florida. Josh has asked, He's probably been a Florida voter his entire life. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Granted, it worked out that he lived in Pensacola, but uh, the reality is the issues there. He doesn't necessarily identify with them realistically. No, he didn't start voting in California, where he owns a house and and where his. Exactly. Now, now, stance, especially like, now that he's owning a house, right? He, 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 but he's, he's been Cali- there for years now. He's a California liberal. Well, I, he, well, I remember he's been having there now for years. I remember getting close to where he's at years ago, and then like going, "Hold on, I'm getting mad about things that I actually don't care about." <laughs> oh, I've become he, these people. He, he's been living there for years now, so, um. You know, but hey, man. Um, look, I mean, he's got that liberty, that right, or uh, you know, however anyone wants to slice it up. Hey, you want to hear, uh, hear something crazy? Go for it. I got my acceptance letter from University of Tennessee today. Uh, the week after, wait, we, from the University of what? I'm sorry, it's not University of Tennessee after we beat them in a, oh, a little UT. football game. Yeah, and I and that was like the number Rock one. Now, yeah, that's the number one grad program I actually wanted to get in. So, uh, it's Rocky Top season. What's well, Rocky Top? So, and it's going to be a topic that we're going to talk about. Like, at what point, like, how, what paraphernalia can you wear? College paraphernalia can you wear? And, and, and how long? Because I saw a woman in her 30s who did not go to Spelman in the Spelman t shirt. And I was a little confused. So I think that's gonna like bring okay. on a com- that's gonna bring on a conversation that we're gonna have on the pod Thursday. And my question for you is if I 
if I or not if when I do this when I start this grad program at at University of Tennessee, do I have to trade in my U, UGA fandom? Mm, no, because because you're from Georgia. I mean, so I don't. You if you grew up a Georgia fan, I don't think that just because you go to school somewhere. I know, I know a guy which he did the complete opposite. So I guess it just depends. But he his dad's the band director at Georgia Tech. He grew up a Georgia Tech fan. I swear he would face the hell with Georgia and all this other stuff. And and actually, the funny thing is, during that time period is when Mark Rick was losing to uh, Paul Johnson. You know, when mm-hmm. when if you remember, they had beaten Georgia like two years in a not two years in a row, but they had won two in a row in Athens between the hedges. They had won like two in a row, and this was during the time period of where he was not, you know, at UGA. Mm-hmm. But he went to UGA, and of course today he roots for both. Funny enough, but like in reality, of when they play each other, he's going for Georgia because he did go to school at Georgia. Now this was undergrad too, though. So like, and he never went to Tech. His dad's just the director that he grew up Tech. So, so yeah, I, I think it's a it's a personal decision. I don't know why you would cheer for Tennessee over Georgia. To I, 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 but I, I won't. But like, if you ever see me in like a Tennessee like hat or something, like it's not my anti-Georgia fandom. It's, yeah, I'd say, hey, these guys are giving me a piece of paper, and I'm gonna if I got to go to interview yeah. and say Rocky Top will always be home sweet home to me to get a fucking job. I will. No, I totally understand. I mean, I get exactly where you're coming from. But uh, you know, that'll be a personal decision that you'll have to look yourself in the mirror and decide if that's what you want to do. But I, for one, I don't think that you, if to answer the question, I don't think that you have to become a volunteer just because you are a volunteer. They're, they're volunteers for, for, for a reason. You know, <laughs> it means that you, you're deciding to do something. It doesn't mean that you have to do So it, they right? volunteered that ass to Kirby uh, on Saturday. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> no, no, no. Those boys, they took it. That was no <laughs> volunteering going on there. They just took it. <laughs> hey, well, look, man. Hey, Paul A. Pete, you know me and you can talk forever. So I'm going to cut this off now so that I can just end the podcast. And because uh, I'm going to go outside and actually smoke a victory cigar with the wife tonight. Obviously, you know why we're smoking victory, or I'm smoking victory cigar. She's not. Uh, but smoking a victory right. cigar tonight because, you know, this has been a, a, weekend, a, a week of celebration. Absolutely. I totally understand, brother. All right, man. Uh, we'll we'll hey, we'll talk tomorrow so we figure out how we're gonna do this show. But yeah, we'll figure out this weekend tomorrow. All right, sounds good. I appreciate uh for letting me get in on the uh end of the uh pod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll do this again later this week. <laughs> okay. All right. Take care, brother. All right, Doc. All right. Yeah. So um. I'm going to table some of those conversations. No social media snapshot. Uh, Parley Pete called in to talk other stuff, and I'll never tell Parley Pete. He can't call into the pod because that's my guy. Uh, episode 199, we have one episode left, and then we're putting the baby to bed. Uh, big baby, yeah. Oh, look, this baby. Oh.